What's going on? It's Friday. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. It is good to have you listening on a Friday. We got a lot to chop up. Chuck Smith's going to join us in about 20 minutes. Mike just said it. He was talking with Randy. The breaking news around the NBA is that Kyrie Irving has told the Nets he wants to be traded. Now, this is funny because the trade deadline is next week. But, Mike, you remember when Kevin Durant during the summer, I want out. Uh, yes. I want to be traded. I need Steve Nash gone. Yeah. I need I need some <laughs> – I need a few things to be adjusted here before. Ah, this one is mind-blowing, and it happens again just less than a week now with the trade deadline. Now, I know guys already are hitting us up. Is he coming to Atlanta? we got to get our stuff straight first, yeah. okay? I mean, well, I mean yeah. Boy, would we have fun. I mean, that material rights oh. itself with Kyrie. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. But the answer right now is no, that's not happening. But I do think, by the way, that if you were reading the tea leaves, you probably, like me, saw this coming. Mm. Listen, everybody was saying, you know, Durant was trying to defend Kyrie and he wanted Kyrie to get his money. Guys, I'm going to take you back. There was a time where Kyrie said he didn't even get a phone call from Kevin Durant right. in regards to how things were going with Durant in the offseason. It's not what you think it is. So now that this comes out, and by the way, Mike, they have been playing pretty well. I mean, they had put themselves back in position to be right. a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. I, I just find it hilarious. I find it comical that this is playing out with, the, with the, the team that has had a lot of dysfunction since these two guys decided they wanted to play together. And immediately, my mind, and we were, Randy and I were talking during the commercial break, the first thing you think of is, well, the Lakers are on the outside looking in again, and LeBron is, has LeBron got one more run in him? Kyrie, I mean, to go run, literally running home to daddy, you know, in his love-hate relationship with LeBron. And, uh, and what, what do they have to, to work? And, you know, wouldn't that be something said Westbrook, let Westbrook make Durant miserable and swap him? I don't know. But uh, I, don't, I don't know where Kyrie would go, but apparently that, he wants out. Well, that was a, that was a conversation earlier in the offseason, right? That, right? that the Lakers were trying to do that. We'll see what happens. But, guys, let's talk about what's going on with our star. Why doesn't he make the all-star team? It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The reserves were announced last night, and Turtle literally texted us as this came out, and he was like, Trey doesn't make the team. And we're like, what? Mm. Like, part of this, Mike, for me is respect. I don't look at the All-Star game as something that is an obligation. Like, you, you know, you're a star on a team, and therefore you should be on the team. I do think it's a privilege to play on the All-Star team or be at least announced. But Trey's been an all-star twice now. And, and to not even be a reserve. Now, he could still get in if somebody gets injured or as a replacement. Right. But, Mike, why does this happen? Is he not putting up 28 and 10? Is he not giving you 28 a night and 10 assists a game? Why is it that Trey is not an all-star? That is the question that a lot of folks here in Atlanta are going, wait a minute. I mean, yeah, I know our team's been dysfunctional and the front office has been a mess. But that doesn't mean that Trey's not an all-star, right? I don't know. Is he the modern-day pariah that Isaiah Thomas was back in his day? I don't know. Why doesn't he get the love? Um, I know Charles Barkley made some comments this week saying that he doesn't think that, uh, for whatever reason, Trey gets some of the respect around the league. I, I, I can't speak to that. I know that, uh, you know, Trey certainly, you know, and DeJounte, had, uh, they forged a bond and it made DeJounte willing to make, uh, make the trade uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. You had to get to, you know, him to sign off on. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it, it certainly is a head-scratcher because statistics are there. And then there's the other thing. There are usually, once, you're, once you get to that level, you're generally locked in. You generally assume that you are at that level. Or does the rest of the league look at Trey and say, 
what I've been saying, what you've been saying, he's not a superstar this year, and superstars don't necessarily make the all-star team. That's a great point. If you're not doing that consistently, he's not been a consistent superstar. It's a great point. And, and, you know, when you talk about your peers, right, around the league and how you're viewed, Mike and I may have an opinion about Trey. You may have an opinion about Trey. At the end of the day, you know what matters is what guys in the league think about you. It's, it's what your peers think. And the reason why that's important, Atlanta, is because that allows you to get guys to come play with you. It allows you to be a magnet for other guys to say, man, that dude, not only is he cool, he hoops, and you know what? He gets along with everybody. There's no issues. I don't know if we can say that about Trey. And because of it, it may have cost him another all-star bid. I'm not telling you his performances are not worthy Mm. of an all-star selection, but, Mike, we know this. Is this not a political thing? Is this not political when you start talking about these all-star teams and guys and who mm-hmm. makes the teams? Yeah, I know you had a vote, but for him to not even be a reserve tells me a lot. Yeah, and again, I don't know what goes on behind you know the closed doors of the NBA superstar elite, but yeah, that's a bit strange. And for, the, for younger guys who don't know, Isaiah Thomas had a rep as kind of a phony, a backstabber, getting guys thrown off his own team. That's part of the reason why he didn't make the dream team because Magic and Bird, all those guys hated him. You know, Michael specifically. And and I don't know, I, I'm not going to equate that to it. I'm just saying there's a, there's a previous snub because Isaiah was considered one of the elite players and there was always a bit of a detachment between him and some of the All-Stars. I don't know, these guys all tap each other up after the games. Like yes, they, they like do. Trey. Yes, they do. And they trade jerseys. And Kyrie was hugging him and giving him all that, don't listen to noise, whatever he was saying on the Nets play. You're right. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I, I, listen, why is it that our star doesn't get the respect? 404-741-0929. You guys tell us. Take your bias out of it. If you don't like Trey or you don't think Trey is any good, I understand that. But he's giving you 28 and 10 a night. You guys tell me why he's not getting the respect. Hmm. 404-741-0929. You can call. Chris will take a couple. You can text us on our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. And you can find Mike at Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put Him Up, see Dukes, and this radio show, Dukes and Bell 929. Follow us at uh, 929 The Game. That is the radio station, and we're on the Graham Facebook across all other social media platforms. Yet no Hawks make the All-Star team. Now, for you, you might be like, ah, who cares? Ah, it doesn't matter. It's respect. It's respect. But, I mean, do you feel the conversations that we have, which, again, triggers the Trey heads out there. Again, we want Trey to be the best he can be. All I want is Trey to play at that level that he played in through the three months when they made that amazing run. When they got rid of the previous coach, Nate takes over, and we go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, do you think the rest of the league looks at Trey and says he's not that guy? Very possible. And again, now again, we're, we're not in a position unless we get somebody definitively to say, guys don't like Trey and go on the record with that. That's just rumors and hearsay. But I don't know. Do people game recognize his game and his game hasn't been elite? I don't know. I mean, that's all, it's all you can throw out there. That's the only viable option other than the personality conflict thing. By the way, and I'll just say this because I told you guys probably about three to four weeks ago when I said, where are his signature games? Giannis had another one last night. 54 points in a 21-point comeback to beat the Clippers. Mike, 53-point games in his last 11. That's superstar. That's elite. That's MVP. That's world champion. That's Giannis. Mm -hmm. I asked you guys this weeks ago. See, I think part of the Trey thing is, yeah, he's doing it, and he's doing it every night, and we see it, and – but if you don't have these signature games, Mike, you don't get the eye pops, the, the, the woes, the wows, the, oh, my God, did you see him? And I think guys like Luka and I'm bringing up Giannis and there are others around. the Hell, even old LeBron has done it this year. Right. 
in the in the chase to, to you know break Kareem's record. He hasn't had any of that, Mike. So maybe around the league and around the country, as you go, yeah, he's a good player, but he ain't an all-star because he's not doing special things. And that's what we've talked about. And I know that, as we said, we get a lot of guys that get, go, they literally get furious. They lose their minds when we talk about Trey. And we, we're not criticizing. We're just saying he's shown you a level of play. It exists. It's on tape. It's occurred. He kicked the Knicks' butts. He took the bow. He goes into Philly. He's making big plays. He made big play game. We steal home court advantage from the Bucks. These all these are all things that happened, and after that, they don't happen as frequently, if at all. Last year he gets he looks like an average player against Miami. So they went and got him Dejounte. I don't know. Does that does that knock him down a few pegs in the minds of people around the league? I don't know. It shouldn't. You because can have every, multiple all stars on a team. Everybody needs help in this league. LeBron doesn't do it by himself. I mean, or you know, when he was winning. So there you go. I, I don't know. It, it, it is puzzling. Saw that last night and literally went, it was the ultimate things that make you go, hmm. All right. I want to grab a couple of phone calls. Uh, Chuck Smith's coming up. Brad Sparks says, fellas, he plays in Atlanta. Dominique got it. He got overlooked many times. Um, he says, I also think it's too much off-court noise. It's a great point, Brad. Now, I'll say this. We're in a different age, with all due respect to Dominique. In this digital age we live in, if you do something crazy, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's not as if you got to wait to the 6 o'clock news, sorry news folks, to see the highlights and go, oh, my God, did you see what he did tonight? It's everywhere now. So I, I don't want to believe that we live in a city that we don't get the recognition deserved from our stars when they do something special. Yeah, I think that uh, ES, like ESPN, I've always felt, and, and maybe not as much because we're such a large city now, guys. We're like the seventh biggest city in America, soon to be six. This is, you know, ESPN biased against the Southeast, whatever. They, they have their own – they have their narratives. They have things at play. You know, it's LeBron, it's the Yankees, it's the Cowboys. It's, you know, that's what they do. It's, it's basically endless, you know, rinse, repeat. But TNT is based right here, you know. Problem is we're not playing big enough games to have Charles and these guys talking about them on a regular basis. It's the truth. They're in our backyard. They have the biggest games on Tuesday and Friday every week. Well, it also helps when Brooklyn comes here that Trey plays. You know, when it's a national television mm. televised game that Trey's on the floor. That helps, too. All right. Why does our star not get the respect he deserves? He does not make the reserves on the all-star team. I want to talk to Ryan in Smyrna. It's Dukes and Bell on a Friday. Ryan, hey, man, why does our star not get the respect, in your opinion? Hey, love the show, guys. I just wanted to chime in. I'll preface it by saying I was hoping that they would draft uh, Luca back when this all transpired. I, I just felt like Luca could bring the rebounding side that a smaller point guard wouldn't be able to. I thought he would be more versatile. Having said that, I've been a Trey Young fan since he's been on board with us, and I root for him. But in the last year and a half, he's become increasingly difficult to root for. Uh, not only myself, but my friends that I talk to. He's got that I smell a fart face every time something doesn't go his way. If he doesn't get a call, he's he's pouting. Uh, and and you just that becomes that gets old. I don't know if that's impacting the national media, but I know locally here that that uh, that approach is is growing tired in a lot of people's eyes. It's a great call, Ryan. Thank you so much for listening. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not going to disagree with you. It has nothing to do with, oh, you're hating. I'm not going to disagree with Ryan. I think he's right about this, Mike. Yeah. No, I mean, the stuff with Nate, the stuff that's come out over the last few, it just, he comes off like a prima donna, body language. I mean, and it's not fair because I'd like to get to know the guy, but he doesn't do a lot of interviews, doesn't do a lot of media. The, the piece that came out last year in the ESPN magazine, that's about it. So 
It's it, he's a bit. You know what? Aloof. Aloof is the word I think. First when I think of Trey. Ryan, appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening. We got a lot more to get to. This guy is in town tonight. I know many of you have tickets, and you're going. The boss. We'll talk to Chuck Smith. He's been at the Senior Bowl all week. What did he learn? Find out next on Sports Radio 929 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell on a Friday. If you're just joining us, <laughs> Kyrie wants out. Shocking. He uh, has demanded a trade from Brooklyn. Uh, so we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, no Hawks make the All-Star game as the reserves were announced last night. We'll talk more about that. Mike and I are getting great texts and tweets in regards to what the deal is with Trey Young. And I said, why is our star not getting respect? And Mike and I were having this conversation off air. We'll share some of that with you coming up. Right now, let's talk to our man Chuck Smith. You hear the music, and he's been a busy dude all week long at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And, and Chuck, first and foremost, we talked to you earlier in the week. And you were like, hey, I'm, I'm involved a little bit more than I thought I would be. But that, that's a good thing, <laughs> yeah. right? That's a good thing because you got a chance to see probably yeah. a lot more up close than you might have uh, if you didn't get involved, as they asked you to do. So tell us what you learned, man. What did you see this week? I learned that the Senior Bowl is a mega-sized operation with hundreds of people trying to work together, rowing in the same direction. Jim Nagy's done a phenomenal job, executive director. Um, they have everything from group leaders, and I was one of those guys, but – I will give uh, Jim a lot of credit. They gave me a little deeper role this year where I was actually on the field helping uh, with the players during the one-on-one. I was directly working, you know, had a chance to work with both staff. I was the group leader over all the D-line and linebackers. And it went from really a group leader to where I was not only helping at the position drills with all the NFL coaches. And um, we were chopping it up. It was a proud moment for me when some of those cats wanted to know what I thought, and they were NFL position coaches. So it's really humbling, you know, but I am 53, so I'm old as hell. It is a new <laughs> young generation. They is looking at me like grandpops out there. <laughs> well, Chuck, which one of these young bucks really looks like the big dog? Who, who's, who's the lead dog as far as all the defensive linemen? Well, I think uh, the two guys that stood out, I, I, and I'll tell you who I think the big dog is. I give a lot of credit to Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. He really helped himself. Did a lot of good stuff. But Tommy Wah, I can't pronounce his last name, but he's out of Northwestern. Those guys end up being the players of the week. But I think really, to me, the, the two guys that really, really stood out to me was Will McDonald from Iowa State. I mean, on the edge, this guy is an unbelievable player. He can bend. He can, I mean, play in space. He's super confident. I mean, you should have heard him and Mike, him and Mike Tomlin was talking smack like they was two cats standing Hey, sitting on the stoop in Brooklyn, man, snapping <laughs> jokes, man. I mean, you know, he was that kind of guy. I tell you, also, you know, um, Keon White, to me, with potential and what he did to me, he was the player that showed the most upside and, and probably ready to play now. You know, a lot of people, I got a lot of texts and stuff and actually tweets from guys in Atlanta who watched Georgia Tech over and over and over, and they were like, man, He's not a top 10 or he's not even a first rounder. Well, I said, I guess all thousand NFL scouts and all the guys that was behind those closed doors were this weekend are wrong. Mm. Keon White is the truth, man. And he's a, a, a guy who can play in. He's 6'4", 280. But there, listen, there, hey, guys, I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of talent, like, K, like uh, K.J. Henry out of Clemson. 
like Byron Young out of Tennessee, Foskey out of Notre Dame, even Andre Carter, who had a tough week, you know, so I, I can go on and on and on. There's going to be an opportunity for the Atlanta Falcons to fill multiple needs mm. if they use it mm. from all the way from the first all the way to the seventh. Now let's hope they get it right because I was a witness, and these guys, this is a great front seven draft class. Mm. Keon White, by the way, um, our buddy Daniel Jeremiah says he thinks he's a first-round pick, which is strong. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that he went to Georgia Tech and they had a down year, uh-huh. I think people confuse that, you know, with he can't play. Right. Right? Teams have down years. We've seen Chuck teams in college football not be great, but that doesn't mean they don't have great players. So it's funny because we said this, Keon White, and, and I had a guy go, Georgia, Georgia Tech kid, he went to Tech. That doesn't mean anything about projecting to the NFL. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. No, I mean, listen, the scouts put on the tape. If you watch this kid, listen, these are GMs. They, they didn't gotten seen. So the thing that's interesting, when they come out now and hear Daniel Jeremiah, all the teams, the seasons are over. So everybody's, you know, all the guys, they've been recruiting and scouting these guys for years. They've been scouting these guys. They go and see all the information. And then they watch the tape. And I was in there. So I'm in these rooms now. And, you know, I'm hearing these NFL execs. They say, hey, we want to see Keon White at the three tech. We want to see Keon White versus this guy. That's how deep this thing is. Okay. okay. So they are knowing who's who. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's deep like that, but that ain't got nothing to do with it. It is big Chuck Smith, guys. He is an expert pass rush. Again, he gets down there, just wants to evaluate the talent. They, they, they give him a whistle. Carl, next you know he's on the clock. So, Chuck, what about offensive line? If, uh, if we don't address some of these things, yeah. D-tackle or O-line, through free agency, uh, do you see some good uh, you know, second, third ranks? I don't think we're going to dedicate a first-round pick to an offensive lineman, but how about the depth of O-line in this draft? Uh, I think there's some good offensive linemen now. I'll tell you this. There were some cats that really stood out. It was some big man battles down there. And I got to hold up. I'm, I'm looking at my little sheet real quick. I'm, I'm not trying to. Okay. I got to say this cat's name. You might have him right up top of your head. The kid from North Dakota State, the redhead kid. And I was around him a million times. What is his name? Where is he? I'm looking at the sheet. But I'm not going to because we ain't got but limited time. Listen, somebody going to text it in. I can't find this cat's name. Hey, they got a cat from North Dakota. Cody Mark. Cody Mark is the dude. Cody Mark. And I'm sorry I can't remember because he wasn't in my group, but I was around him, messing around with him, talking. Because I told him one day, I was like, bro, if I'm you and you're going against the guys I'm dealing with, you're supposed to try to kill them. I'm telling you, try to tap them out. This cat said, that's what I'm going to do, sir. And I was looking for an interview. No, seriously. This dude is worth the Falcons. Try. I don't know what, wherever. This dude's a killer, man. So I'm and everybody else like this dude's gonna be a beast. So I'm there. He's doing an interview. I'm listening to his interview at the uh, the big the, the national media event a couple of days ago. Somebody said, you know, if you weren't playing football and when you get done with playing football, what are you gonna do? He said, I'm just gonna go to back to my daddy's farm and I'm gonna just be a farmer. Huh. Man, this dude, dude, red hair, love that, 300 some pounds. He has no front teeth. Go look at him. He's a grizzly. I love him at offensive line. Yeah, you know, those kind of guys, man, those simple guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Chuck, you're right. I mean, and they're also the kind of guys, they're not afraid, right? This whole success thing and all the hype surrounding him, he, he went to North Dakota State, all that kind of stuff, it doesn't phase these kind of guys. So it's interesting you're talking about him because uh, there are a lot of interior offensive linemen 
that we've been talking about this week. And, you know, yeah. whether whether it's him or, you know, uh, Osiris Torrance, there's a bunch of guys that you go, okay, he might work here. Chuck, the, the real decision is, you know, what they're going to do with Kalen McGarry. If we move on from Kalen McGarry, Mike, we got to draft an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. you know, maybe two. Who knows? So let's see. And hopefully the Falcons got a, a leg up on the old lineman when they uh, got a chance to be there at the Senior Bowl. I wanted to ask you, uh, as far as the pass rush and technique, who was up yeah. on their game? Was there a guy just – we're not talking about physical, you know, uh, capabilities. Just yeah. from a pass rushing standpoint, who was the best pass rusher you saw? I would say Will McDonald. Mm-hmm. I'd say Will McDonald out of Iowa State. He was phenomenal. He had been – to me, and then the close second would be Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. Okay. And as far as on the interior, I'd say – it was a Tommy Wad, a kid out of Northwestern. If you go on video online right now, he bull rushes the guy almost to the, through the end zone yeah. in the whole nine. So, And he's one of my guys. That was predetermined. We're going to get into a fight because we're going to bull rush somebody past the goalpost. <laughs> That's a whole other story. So part, a lot of this is scripted. And I would also say Keanu Benton, big time, D-tackle, had great rushes out of Wisconsin. He helped make money too. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a couple guys. I know you said one. But right. those are the guys who had the highest pass rush skill and potential. And I know we need, I know this is not your area of expertise, but you're a natural athlete, Chuck. Wide receivers, too. Are there anybody <laughs> that popped? Because we do uh, need to add a wide receiver to this roster. Nope. I did not talk to one wide receiver. <laughs> I'm not even gonna, I ain't going to fake the funk, Mike. I didn't, I, that wasn't in my wheelhouse, bro. I'm sorry. Anybody from a small school? <laughs> <laughs> well, you maybe you didn't recognize that, right. or you didn't even look at him. The only person I talked to really from the offense, I talked to all the offensive linemen, but I kind of spent a little time with my other VFL. Okay, one Mister Hendon Hooker. So we spent some time together, Hendon for Tennessee fans. He should be ready to for, for training camp, though. That's I mean, good. That's, that's a good thing. What him. is he hearing, He'll Charles? Chuck, what is he hearing about where he's going to go? He's definitely going to get drafted. I mean, I talked to a couple scouts about it, and they said, uh, you know, I was asking about him. They said some good things about him, but they said he'll definitely get drafted. They think that he can be a quality player in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. come in obviously as a backup, and one day they believe that he could be a starter. It's going to be interesting. Kid probably, you know, uh, he may have won the Heisman. I mean, he had a great year, and then the injury and all that happened. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that projects in the NFL. Chuck, man, we appreciate you. I mean, this is just starting, guys. This is the starting point. Yeah. But over the next few weeks and as we get close to the combine and all the things that are going to play out, it's going to give us a real feel for some of the names you're going to be hearing and maybe some of the names the Falcons are interested in. Chuck, man, get us out of here. All right, guys. Live life every day. Like it's third and You guys have a good day. You too. Great you stuff, it. man. He just got back home, too. I'm sure right. he's tired. Bro. Now, as we know, we've had coaches at both locations in Mobile and out in Vegas. Just one name from uh, out in Vegas, Jose Ramirez, edge rusher from Eastern Michigan, created a turnover. He was a guy getting a lot of love from the scouts. That's where, again, Arthur and his staff are out right now in Vegas watching it. Went down last night. We'll talk more about that coming up. Lots of names, lots of stuff to, to kind of you know sift through and see what you like. All right, we'll hit some headlines coming back. Hawks in action tonight, by the way. And if I didn't make the all-star team, I'm going for 50 tonight. Mm. It's Dukes and Bell.
Fontenot is a... It is Dukes and Bell. This guy is in town. And uh, there's a lot going on, man. There just is. Uh, I got to give a big shout out, Mike, to Moore Shields. He was in the building the other day, and I was in the hallway. He delivers our water. Hey, man. And he is a huge Dukes and Bell fan. He's like, man, I listen every day. And I saw him, and I forgot to give him a shout-out two days ago. So, Morris, if you're listening, and I know you are, and we'll probably run into to you here at the building, but he was exchanging the water and stuff, man, and just he loves the show. And uh, What's up, Mo? Yeah, so, Mo, uh, appreciate you, man. Uh, if you're just joining us, NBA News, uh, and there's a couple of stories that are going on that we'll be talking about today. It is Michael Jordan Day, 2-3-2-3. Two, three, two, three. Get it? 23-23. The ACC Network is doing a a variety of games from his time there with North Carolina. Um, If you haven't seen Michael Jordan in college, I I don't assume everybody has, Mike. We just take for granted, like, everybody's our age and they saw Michael Jordan. Right. Check these games out. It gives you a sense of how good he was in college. And, you know, guys in the league would always say the only guy that stopped Michael Jordan from scoring was Dean Smith. Right. So he didn't average 50 a game, but you see – the special about Michael Jordan. So they're running games all day long, and then there'll be some stuff on ESPN and the networks uh, later today. But Trey Young doesn't make the All-Star Reserves. We've been talking about it. And, Mike, a great tweet to us saying, guys, do you think this is uh, from uh, Kawanda? She says, do you think this is Trey not getting respect because of the reports of him leaving the team to travel in a private plane or being eliminated from last year's playoffs or the way that he's handled situations. I said yes to her. I, mean, I said I, yes. I, I, I don't know. I mean, does it, but here's the thing. <laughs> the NBA players, if they could, they do all the stuff that Trey's doing? I don't know. I, I don't if know. If they're besties. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, th- I think there's something to it. I just think, I don't know, is he, does he rub guys the wrong way? I, don't, I can't speak to that. Everybody hugs and loves on him after every damn game like he's the man. You know? What is this, high school? Everyone's going <laughs> to. What is this, the cafeteria in junior high? Everybody's got their own little cliques. I mean, it was like that years ago. We talked about Isaiah Thomas, and there's been other players like that. But it is interesting. I do know that he has not provided the level of superstar play consistently since that run to the championship. Now, that was a blessing and a curse because he raised our expectations. Right. He gets the $215 million contract, the max deal. And with that, to whom much is given, much is expected. Has he paid that off? Is he paying that off? That could be a question. And do guys – I don't think guys get in other guys' pockets around the league. I just think, is he the man? You, you, the game – as I said, the game recognizes or respects game. Has his game been that elevated this, uh, these last two seasons? So that is going on, and we'll talk plenty about it. And then Kyrie demands a trade today, and we'll chase down a guest uh, because, you know, Brooklyn – Listen, that's a team, Mike, I, I wouldn't have expected us to maybe catch. Kevin Durant's been injured here, but you guys know how the season started with Kyrie right. and the anti-Semitic stuff. And, and then, you know, once they got back together, they've been playing pretty well, and then KD got hurt. But if they end up trading Kyrie, and I don't know where he's going to go, apparently uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said they have not said what teams that they would like to go to, but he wants okay. to trade before the trade deadline. And basically he's threatening the Nets by saying, if you don't, you're going to lose me. I'll walk in July. Yeah, right. and you get nothing for me. So if you're a smart GM, and I think Sean Marks is, you make a move. You go ahead and get something for Kyrie right now. But this is a developing story as we speak because it just came down right before we came on. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Turtle behind the glass. Bo Morgan, executive producing. Let's hit some headlines. Strap in, youngins. Hitting the headlines. 
Hawkins with Dukes and Bell. Hawks in action tonight against the Jazz. Now, I wasn't being, you know, facetious when I said, listen, if I, I got snubbed and I'm as talented as Trey, Mike, I'm showing out tonight, right? You got to come out and, like, prove a point and be like, you guys missed. And not only that, it should be the driving force for the rest of the season. And one thing also to remember, guys, bear in mind, there could be somebody who taps out because he has a hangnail or just wants to go down to the Bahamas. So somebody could split and Trey could still be an alternate, could be in there. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I would think that anybody else, I think it's human nature. You're snubbed. You want to go out there and come out with a vengeance. This is what Nate said about Trey's accomplishments. We, we take it for, I think some people take it for granted that, you know, he's, Averaging nine assists, ten assists a game, uh, that's hard to do. And, uh, you know, he's been doing that for uh, a, a long time. Um, he's a playmaker. You know, he's a guy that can uh, score the ball but also create opportunities uh, for his teammates. Do we? Do we forget or do we take it for granted? Um, when he, I mean, we, when he does it, we give him praise. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing. Part of this, and the other night he was three for three from three-point range. But one of the things, and it's it's hard, but I, I think when you get to that level of you're talking about, you know, Joker and certainly Luka Doncic and Kyrie and LeBron, all the elites, then there's that you expect to see some magic. And has he given you those magic moments enough this year where, and again, while we were losing some of those games and we talked about DeJounte, like if he taps out, he taps out. But the, the Trey with the big three, the dagger late. How many of those have we not seen this year? That's, I think, goes back to why he's not on the All-Star team. I do, too. No, not enough wow moments. That's what I call them. Just, uh, right. and, and it's not for us. It's for everybody else. It's for other people. Oh! Hadn't had a lot of those. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Headlines brought to you by ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down, guys. Call ATL Live Well. Don't just live. Live well. Mike, I I have to be completely and wholeheartedly honest. I didn't watch any of the Pro Bowl skills competition last night. Um, Did you? No, I, uh, I I said what I what I saw. I flipped. I, I they were throwing frisbees. I don't know what they were doing. I said okay. Yeah, or Frisbee dodgeball. dogs, dodgeballers. I don't know what it was. I don't even know what I was watching. That's why I tweeted today. I'd rather see give me the five best players playing Texas Hold'em. Okay, okay. <laughs> At least you know give me dominoes. Give, give me six guys playing poker. That, I mean, I'd rather see that and, then, and bet their own money. I'd be more interested in watching that. That's interesting. But it did happen last night. Uh, before we get to the the soundbite of the night from Derek Carr. Jason Kelsey, you guys know the Kelsey brothers, that one plays for the Eagles, one plays for the Chiefs. They're playing against each other in the Super Bowl, and they have a podcast. It's called New Heights Podcast. (laughs) Jason Kelsey was telling Eagle fans, don't do it. Do not put a jersey on Rocky. I am convinced that there is a Philadelphia (laughs) fan who is putting these shirts on the Rocky statue just to get everybody all fired up. And it's working. It's working tremendously. (laughs) So keep doing it. (laughs) <laughs> I guarantee it. There's no way. Because it's happened every single game. The Giants did it. That's sick. 49ers that did it. There'll probably be a Chiefs trip. jersey on it this week. No um, way. No way. I'm d- right now, Chiefs, do not touch the f- Rocky Memorial. Okay? <laughs> That's great. Do you think they will? You think a Chiefs jersey nope. will end up there? Don't mess with the man. It's commanded you not to mess with that juju. Now, if an Eagles fan wants to go order a jersey, look at split off NFL.com to create some bad juju, knock yourself out. But I don't see anyone doing that. Uh, by the way, the Kelsey brothers were saying, you know, Mike, they're kind of tired of this Pro Bowl thing. We're going to get to uh, what everybody wants to talk about, which I don't know if you guys know this, but 
there's two brothers playing in the Super Bowl, and it's uh, Jason and Travis Kelsey. If the world hasn't force-fed you this shit already. Yeah, uh, if you're not tired of it yet, which we are. Uh, we're going to talk been, about the Kelsey Bowl now. It's only been two days. It's been two days, and I'm already over it. I kind of don't like that we're calling it the Kelsey Bowl. Kind of appreciate please. the support. Yeah. Uh, but Let's you know, get there's back a to lot of Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl. Yeah, there's a lot of guys involved with this. There's major organizations involved. I feel that. I mean, I, I it's it's so unique though, right? To have two brothers mm-hmm. on opposite teams playing each other. But I, I get it. I mean, they don't want all the attention. Uh, and, and they want to, you know, give give their teammates credit. I, I I hear them. Right. We talked about this, you and I think it was Wednesday's show. The end, The Major League Baseball All-Star Game is the only one which really c- captures the regular season or the postseason intensity because you got the best pitchers. You got, like, everybody's throwing their best stuff, and you got to be up to play. You got to deliver. Every other All-Star Game is crap. It just is. And the NBA has gotten better because they've, since they pivoted to honor Kobe in the fourth quarter now, you do see more competition. Hockey, you keep, they don't hit. NFL, you know, that's why we're here. I, I know it's you let the writers and let whoever was going to vote on this. I think the peers need their peers need to be involved in this because a lot of guys have bonuses involved with the Pro Bowl. But to be honest with you, Carl, unless you're going to play the sport 100 percent. And do you want to watch them playing grab ass and you know, nope. dodgeball? And, nope. Dead and watch. Unless you want now. Let me ask you this. Would you like to see the return of the Battle of the Network Stars, or in this case, the World's Greatest Athletes, where you get track and field guys going up against? Because everybody plays football hoops. Sure. You know, you know every, the teams don't be worried about somebody blowing out an Achilles or blowing out a knee. <laughs> so you really can't do that either. So you just got to, you know, this season's over. We'll see you back when camp opens, I guess. Yeah. it's. Uh, I'm with you. I don't mm. know how you make it more intriguing to the public. Outside of, again, just honoring the guys. But to have some fun. They had a skills competition last night. Derek Carr was on fire. And he had this to say, which had everybody going, ooh. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. Uh, That's probably why I'm going somewhere else. (laughs) Dude, what what a total honesty, open quip, and hysterical. Good for him. He's taking it in stride. I'm just curious where he's going to land next year. They are going to have to make a decision pretty quickly here, and if they don't, they're going to have to release him. Um, and and that's a whole nother, you know, animal that, that they're going to have to deal with. He said he's not going to change the terms, Mike. He's not going to give the team more time to work through a deal potentially with the team. And remember, he's got a no trade, so he has to okay it. All right, guys, plenty more to get to as we continue today. NFL Blitz is on the way. And speaking of the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones was talking about Mike McCarthy running his offense, being good. Wait until you hear this coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.